Episode number 199 of the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you to those of you who have left me iTunes reviews. I really wanted to say thank you for taking the time to write the review. It really supports this podcast, and it helps iTunes know to share my podcast more broadly with others. I'd like to share two reviews that came in this week. The first one came from the United Kingdom. It came from SCB2201, and he or she wrote... The approaches outlined in this podcast are literally life-changing. The strategies used in getting unstuck, being clear, and living deliberately are doable and understandable. Shira's stories and examples give real-life context and accompany and support the listener on a journey to a happier, healthier way of being. Each episode guides us towards understanding that by being aware of how we manage our mind, we can deliberately create a long-term positive change in how we choose to live. And the second review came from the United States from LKWNSF, and he or she wrote, I just recently found this podcast, and I'm really enjoying the topics and style that Shira discusses. She makes me stop and reflect on the things in my head and what's going on around me. I like her unpretentious delivery. It's like listening to a wise friend. So unfortunately, I don't know the names of these two listeners, so I can't thank you personally unless you email me to let me know that it was you, but I do, again, want to publicly thank you for your efforts. Okay, so today I have something really special for you. I'm going to teach you today a new technique that I haven't yet shared on this podcast. It's a technique that I use in my marriage with my husband, but it's really something that can be used in any relationship, and it's something that has really helped our marriage, and it's prevented stuck spots from blowing up. It's something I thought about maybe a year ago or something like that, and we've been trying it out since that time, and I waited this long to share it with you on this podcast because I wanted to test it out on me and our relationship first because that's pretty much what I do with everything that I share in the world. There is nothing that I share that I haven't tried out on me or my relationships first. But before I do share that, I want to mention two things. So number one, everything that I have shared so far on this podcast has been techniques or tools that are meant for you as an individual. And when I say you, I I mean just for you. I don't mean for you and your spouse, or you and your child, or you and your neighbor, or you and your boss. I mean just for you. In other words, these tools are for when you feel stuck 
and they are used to help you feel better and more in control and more calm and oftentimes more productive. These tools are never meant for you to teach someone else when you're in the midst of a stuck spot with them. When you are stuck, you are stuck. Even if someone else in the story may also be stuck too, you are stuck and you are only responsible for getting yourself unstuck. I'll never forget when I was on my book tour for my first book, Getting Unstuck, and I read parts of the book during my talks, and one of the stories I would share came from the introduction of that book, where I share how I spent an entire day cooking and cleaning in preparing for a Friday night dinner, and when the dinner came, I didn't get any acknowledgments from my kids or from my husband, and I felt really stuck. Of course, the story is much longer than that, but that's it in a nutshell. And it was so funny because talk after talk, someone in the audience would raise her hand because it was usually women in the audience. And she would say something like, but wait a minute, shouldn't you ask for the acknowledgement? Or shouldn't you teach your kids how to say thank you when they're eating a meal that you made? Or shouldn't you tell your husband that he needs to model gratitude in front of the kids? And my response was always a firm no. That is not my responsibility. In that moment, my responsibility is to get myself unstuck. I didn't need to be stuck at the dinner table, and that is what I needed to do, was to get unstuck. Yes, maybe afterwards, I could have a conversation with my husband or my kids about gratitude or respect, but in the moment, absolutely not. That is not a time to teach others how to get unstuck or how to be more respectful or how to change to make me happy. No, no, no. That is a time for me to take full responsibility for my feelings. And I'm sharing all of this with you now because the tool that I'm going to teach you in this episode is the first and maybe the only tool that I'm ever going to share where actually both people in the relationship have to agree upon it in order for the tool to work. It doesn't work if only one person uses it. In fact, if only one person uses it, it's going to fail. So I'm telling you this in advance so you are prepared. And also, if you would like to experiment with this tool that I highly, highly, highly recommend that you encourage the other person that you are in the relationship with, which probably would work best on a spouse, an adult child, a parent, a best friend, for example, I highly recommend that you have them listen to this episode rather than you try to teach it to them. I just think that if the tool is taught from an objective source, it's going to be received so much better than if you try to teach it to them on your own. It's just, you know, going to come across as having way more legitimacy. At least that's what I've experienced in my relationships with my husband when, you know, he tells me to clean the house a certain way and I get stuck. But when my neighbor friend who specializes in, you know, cleaning houses or organizing houses tells me to do the same thing that my husband just told me, I'm all of a sudden, you know, like all ears. So if what I'm going to share with you in this episode resonates with you, I definitely recommend that you have the person that you are in relationship with, that you're looking to improve the relationship, to listen to this episode. And the second thing I want to share really has to do with self-awareness. 
because you're going to need a decent dose of self-awareness to really appreciate the need for and the power of this tool. And the self-awareness is in regards to how so many of us fall into the trap of creating relationships that are based on conditions. For example, going back to my husband's request for me to clean the house a certain way, if he walks into the kitchen and sees me washing the dishes, because we wash them by hand, we don't have a dishwasher, if he sees me washing the dishes according to his system, because he has a system of washing the dishes, he's going to be happy. And if I'm not washing the dishes exactly according to the way he does it, he's going to be disappointed or even upset. How I'm washing the dishes affects his mood. It shouldn't, of course, right? In an ideal world, he should take full responsibility for his feelings, and his feelings should not be dependent on how I do the dishes. But we don't live in an ideal world, and that is simply what happens. And of course, this doesn't just go one way. I do the same thing to him. And it's totally unconscious, by the way. We don't realize we do this. And more than that, because we actually believe our advice is a good thing to offer, and anything else that we expect from the other person, you know, comes from a good and kind-hearted place, like we're just trying to help the person become better in the world. And so when we do this, we totally don't understand why people's reactions are so extreme, right? Like, why do they get so upset when we just make a little request? So let me just give you an example. I have a thousand things, right, that I expect from my husband. I expect him to put his clothes away. I expect him to put his newspapers away after he, you know, reads his newspapers. I expect him to put the shoes away into the shoe rack when he walks into the house and not leave them at the front entrance. I expect him to use earbuds when he's in the house so the whole house doesn't have to listen to his work conversations. I expect him to drive a certain way. I mean, my list is long, okay? And let me tell you, he does not like to be told what to do, which makes sense because I don't like to be told what to do either. In fact, I hate it. And yet, I still fall into the trap of doing that to him and to other people, but mostly to him and to the people close to me. Now, I plan to do an entire episode on this topic of conditional relationships and boundaries and where parenting falls into this story in a future episode. But for now, I wanted to just paint a picture for you of what conditional relationships look like and to see if you can see yourself doing this. That is, expecting certain things from someone which by the way, they may have no clue you're even thinking because they can't read your mind, right? They don't even know what you're expecting. But you expect things, and depending if that person delivers or not will depend on your happiness or your mood or your friendliness or your desire to even want to be with that person or talk to that person or even love them. So before I go on, it would be really great if you can take an honest look at your life and see where you fall into this trap just like I do, and just like every other person in the world does. But not only that, I want you to see where this is done to you, where someone else expects things of you, and if you fall short of what is expected, the other person is going to get upset, 
which may not seem like such a big deal, or the other person is going to start reprimanding you or blaming you, which then can you know, turn into a big deal. Now, like I said, this can happen in lots of relationships, but what I'd like you to do now is really just to focus on one. Because if you try this technique out, you're likely only going to try it out with one person. For me, since my husband and I used to fall into this conditional relationship trap quite a lot, this is where I first used this technique. In fact, it's because of that relationship that I created it. Okay, so what happens is this, ready? When you feel stuck, when either of you feel stuck actually, there are three words that you say, just three words, and I'll tell you them in a moment. But let me tell you what happens when you say those three words. Saying those three words is like saying a magic code that only the two of you know. When you say those three words, it's really like code language to let the other person know that you are feeling stuck. Now remember, only you are responsible for your stuck spots, right? But here's the thing. When you say these three words, it enables the other person to understand that you are feeling stuck. Not that it's their responsibility to do anything or to apologize or to say anything. All the other person needs to understand in that moment is that code, which means quite simply for them to stop, right? To stop talking, to stop doing whatever it is that they're doing in that moment, because whatever it is that they're saying or doing is triggering you. And in that moment, it's not a time for that other person to try to finish their argument or to explain themselves. And it's certainly not a time for that person to ask you who's feeling stuck, like, why are you feeling stuck, right? No. So the code is when you hear these three words, it's to stop. Not stop and make a face, not stop and get passive aggressive because you couldn't get your last word in, not stop and give up on the other person, right? It's just stop. Just stop. Be mature. Understand that the person that you are in a relationship with is emotionally suffering in this moment, that it's not your fault, but they are suffering. And they are suffering because they're believing thoughts that are making them suffer, right? That's it. It's not about you. So rather than respond in the way you may always respond when you get frustrated or upset with this person, you don't. Instead, you got the code and then you just move forward. And by the way, this is a great technique to use when you're like in a social environment or like a family get together or whatever. And maybe that person is like doing something or saying something or who knows what, you can have this code and really nip it in the bud in that moment. It's really powerful. Okay, so did I pique your curiosity? You wanna know what these three words are? Actually, I wanna pause for a moment because I'm curious if you can think of what those three words are. What kind of code would you give to somebody else to let them know that you are stuck, but also gently to make a request of them to stop. Well, a few days ago, I posted the question on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're not following me over there, come on over. We're having some fun. And so I wrote it like this. 
Three words that can improve a relationship, but not I love you. Okay, so I love you, that's not the three words that we're looking at. And I received tons of great responses. So if you responded, I just want to say thank you. This was really fun. Let me share with you what the three word phrases that I received. Okay, so the top five were, you are right, I hear you, I appreciate you, I am sorry, I am here. And then the list continued with, yes, my love, let us talk, I am listening, is this okay, I see you, are you okay, you are amazing, let's discuss this, thinking of you, you complete me, loved you when, how are you, we don't agree, please forgive me, I forgive you, I'm with you, I respect you, let's start over, I am here, tell me more, it's my fault, help me understand, you're the best, agree to disagree, as you wish, you inspire me, I was wrong, and how's your day? So did you think of any of those three word phrases when I said, what would you choose as the three words? Now, some of these phrases are wonderful. In fact, most of them, they're wonderful. And I would agree that if we all use these phrases a little bit more in our relationships, I think that they could help improve a relationship. But these aren't the three words that I was thinking of, and they're not really going to give the results that my three words will give you. And by the way, I just want to share a few more because I actually received a few on the funny side and I definitely got a laugh out of them. And actually, funny enough, there's a strong theme in the next list. So see if you can figure out the theme. Want a beer? <laughs> Here's some wine. I made coffee. I ordered takeout. Let's cook together. Take my fries. Pass the chips. Let's order in. You choose dinner. Want to get taco? I have food. <laughs> Did you hear the theme? Isn't that funny? Again, while these phrases are wonderful, nobody guessed the three words that I'm going to share with you now. So without further ado, let me share with you the three words. Just love me. What? <laughs> yes, those are the three words. Just love me. And let me explain. First of all, I kind of would love for us to look at this like a game, because I think if we look at our lives as games, we can sometimes be a bit more playful about our lives and make our lives just a bit easier to live. So just to remind you, this is a game that you're going to play together with someone else. This is not a solitude game. This does not work if you're playing alone. I made coffee, right? That can work if you're the only one saying that, and that's great. But the just love me is something else entirely. And this is how it works. Let's say you are interacting with the other person and you suddenly feel judged by that person, okay? Like you're doing the dishes and the other person comments on how you're doing the dishes. Or you're talking to someone else entirely and the person that you're in a relationship with comes up beside you and says, can I give you some advice on what you just did or what you just said? Or maybe the other person is just saying things that sound like they're disappointed in you, okay? It can be anything. But the bottom line is you are feeling judged or you're feeling picked on or you're feeling not loved. 
Now, the other person is not necessarily doing this on purpose. Most likely they're not. We have to agree to accept that from the beginning, that the other person is doing whatever they're doing because that's who they are, or that's how they're just being. It really has nothing to do with you, but they're doing it anyway. And most likely it's either coming from the unconscious or they feel like they just can't help themselves, okay? And you can go back to episode 197 on loving just to remind yourself that I am not saying that you need to stay in a relationship, right? You always have the choice if you want to stay or if you want to go. But if you're choosing to stay in the relationship, I think we need to agree that you're in this relationship because you either love that person or you want to love that person. And again, in that episode 197, you'll hear me say that your role in a relationship like a marriage is to love the other person. Okay, so here's the game. When the other person hears those three words, it's a cue for them to stop to stop whatever they're doing or saying in the moment. That's rule number one. They have to stop. They can't finish their statement. They can't justify why they were saying what they were saying to you. They can't try to convince you to stop being so sensitive or to stop taking things so personally. No, if they wanna play this game, when they hear those words, they have to play by the rules and they have to stop. Rule number two is they aren't allowed to get stuck on that. They can't get upset that you are feeling stuck. They have to understand that if you are feeling stuck, they didn't cause that in the first place, right? The cause of your suffering is never things outside of you. It's always what you are thinking about those things that are outside of you. But sometimes we get triggered and we can't rationally see that. And instead we blame others for how we're feeling. And then the other person can get stuck on you being stuck. So this is kind of like a bit of high level functioning here. But rule number two is the other person is not allowed to get stuck on that. They just have to stop whatever they were doing, realizing that they may be triggering you, even if they're not meaning to do that, and not get upset about it. So this Yes, it might be hard for some people to do, but let me remind you that everything in life is temporary. Whatever emotion you may be feeling in that moment is going to pass if you allow yourself to embrace it. So let me give you an example. Let's say I'm hanging the laundry because we hang the laundry in my house. We don't have a drying machine. And my husband comes outside where I'm hanging the laundry and he comes to say hi and he sees me hanging the laundry. But of course, I'm not hanging it the way that he likes to hang it. And, you know, he might hang the laundry with like more space between the clothing. And maybe he hangs the socks in a different position from the way I hang the socks, whatever it is. And he starts telling me from a very kind, you know, an innocent place, like how I can be doing the laundry better. And I start to feel stuck, right? Like in my mind, I'm like, leave me alone already. I know how to hang the freaking laundry, right? But instead of staying stuck, what if I say, just love me? Because when I do, my husband looks at me and he realizes that how he's being is annoying to me, even though he doesn't think he's being annoying. 
And even though he really, really, really just wants to say to me, but if you just listen to me, you can hang the laundry so much more effectively and it's going to dry quicker. And why do you have such an ego that you can't listen to me? And I know how best to hang the laundry and blah, 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 right? That's his impulse. And I know because he's done this a million times and we've been in this situation a million times, but instead he's learned to stop. And when he forgets, I remind him of the game and I remind him of the rules. (laughs) And so, yes, he might get frustrated at first, but he doesn't get stuck on it because we agreed to play this game. And the truth is, if he does get stuck, not only does he lose the game, we lose the game. And so here's rule number three, which isn't really a rule, but it's more of like a plus if you do it. After you say, just love me, and the person stops and gets it, you give each other a hug. And I mean, you know, a real, meaningful, heartfelt hug. And you get extra points if you say, I love you. And that, my friends, is how you can improve a relationship in just three words. Because here's the thing, whether you realize it or not, you are judging your spouse or your child or your neighbor, your coworkers, whoever it is, on a regular basis. That's just how the mind works. The brain receives information and then it judges that information as good or bad in order to keep us safe. That's totally normal. But what doesn't help a relationship is when you stay stuck in judgment. And unfortunately, many of us stay stuck there. Again, even if we think we're helping the other person, More often than not, we aren't helping the other person. We are hurting them, or at least we're creating a position for them to feel hurt. And in turn, we're not helping the relationship. If I'm being honest, like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm judging my husband all the time for so many things that he does and that he doesn't do. But being in that place of judgment is only hurting our relationship. And when he stops me in my tracks and says, just love me, I'm actually grateful because he becomes like a mirror to me and he shows me how I'm being, which more often than not, may be someone I actually don't want to be. And sometimes it's hard to shift. I did an episode on that recently, 195. But like anything else, what you focus on grows. And the more you do something, the better you get at it. And if that means learning how to drop a story you can learn how to do that too. And this is a practice, my friends. Again, it's a practice for two. Now, if you've been listening to me long enough, you will know that I'm a big, big believer in taking full responsibility for yourself and for your feelings. And so I can already hear some of you saying, but hey, Shira, if you do this technique, aren't you putting the blame on the other person and hence relinquishing your responsibility for yourself? And my answer to that is no, because even if you say to the other person, just love me, you still need to get unstuck from whatever it is you were feeling that led you to say that. And you still need to get unstuck from their response. And you need to be clear moving forward. You still have work to do on your end, for sure. It's just that this technique can nip a situation in the bud and reduce the amount of time you may be sitting in a stuck situation, and to help each other be mirrors for one another. 
even when that image may not be so pretty. Again, look at it like a game and just know that not everyone is going to want to play this game with you because sometimes it's not easy and they have to abide by the rules. Otherwise, it won't work. But if you can find someone to play this game with you, I think you'll find that it will not only help the relationship, it will grow you as a person because taking a stop, which is essentially what we're doing, is probably the hardest step in the unstuck method. If you can't stop, you will stay stuck forever. And this technique is all about the stop when you really get to the heart of it. But again, if you can practice this with someone, a partner, an adult child, a neighbor, an in-law, I think you're going to find it powerful and a real game changer for your relationship. If you do try it out, please let me know how it unfolds for you. I would really love to hear about your experiences. Okay, my dear friends, next week is episode 200. I can't believe it. And it's going to be the episode where we will wrap up the month of love that we are practicing and focusing on this month. And I'm also going to be playing a very special song for you. So please be sure to tune in. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck and living deliberately with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting Unstuck and Living Deliberately podcast. If you liked what you heard today, it would be incredibly awesome if you could leave a review for me on iTunes. If you're not sure how to do that, head over to my website, shiragora.com forward slash iTunes to learn the step-by-step process to do just that. I thank you for sharing your feedback with me, and I look forward to being here again with you next week.